You're listening to the Thriving Mom Podcast. I'm life and nutrition coach Ume Uguta, and I'm here to help you create the motherhood of your dreams without sacrificing your health and well-being. On this podcast, we dive into mindset, strategy, and skills that will help you stop surviving and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Hello, Thriving Moms. Welcome to another podcast episode. How are you? It's Uime here, and I'm so glad to have you join me on today's episode. Before we get into it, this episode is one of four-part series that I'm calling Rethinking Motherhood series. And I started thinking about this because I recently featured on Jessica Jackson's Thriving in Motherhood podcast, and I was talking about rethinking motherhood and I hadn't talked about it on this episode on this podcast. Obviously, I have sprinkled it here and there, but not like I broke it down for her. So I want my community to always get the best of me. That is my intention for this podcast. So throughout this month of September, we're going to go back to the premise of motherhood to help you rethink motherhood, your identity as a mom, and give you some tools to help you feel energized less stressed, less overwhelmed, and just ready to get great at this motherhood thing, right? And especially for the rest of the year, because I feel like (laughs) September, October, November, December tend to be very stressful for moms. And if you're dreading it already, I hear you. I also want you to stay tuned because I have a special group experience that I'll be offering to four moms who want to have a different holiday season this year. It's going to be part coaching, part learning, all the things. And if you want to be first to know when the doors open, send me an email at hello at oliveandbliss.ca and I'll add you to the wait list. I'll put that email in the show notes. And would you do me a favor? Please share this episode with your mom friends and mothers at heart. The whole series through September, I have a lot to say and I can't reach as many people as you can. So share it with your community and let's get more moms and mothers at heart supported. So today we're going to start part one where we're talking about motherhood identity and why this is key to creating the motherhood experience that you're longing for. So I've just got a question for you. Before you became a mom, did you decide the kind of mom that you wanted to be? Just think about it for a sec. How many of you spent time to say, this is the kind of mom that I want to be. This is how I want to think. This is how I want to feel. These are the ways that I want to act. Probably not a lot, right? And when I'm talking about motherhood identity, this is different from self-image. Your identity is who you are at the core of your being as a mom. Self-image is how you see yourself, the perception of yourself, Right, Your identity is who you're being in that role. And I was talking about this with a client a while back and I said, you know, so much of our lives, women are taught to do all the things and become the moms. And then we get tripped up because at the end of the day, we end the motherhood story at having a baby. We're told about the physical and social changes, like your body's going to change, your breasts might change, and you'll lose some friends or you might not have time for friends. But no one really talks about what happens to you on an emotional and spiritual level, which in my opinion is the foundation of who we are as humans. Our emotional and spiritual energy matters a lot. I mean, you're literally pouring from yourself 
into another human being for a few years. What could be cooler than that? And at the same time, more challenging. So in my opinion, because we often miss this gap, there are many of us left going with the motions and just waking up one day saying things like, oh, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I like anymore. My life is consumed by my kids. And I'm not saying this is a terrible thing because yes, our children need us. All I'm saying is that when someone says things like that, for me, it's often from a place of lack and a bit of sadness. There's no excitement about it, right? There's a difference between being excited that your children always need you versus being sad and upset. Trust me, there is. If you start to pay attention, you'll know. And I want to change that because... I want it to be optional for you to feel that way. I want it to be optional for you to feel sad and lack because your children need you. Let that be an option, but let it not be your norm. So why does this happen? When you become a mom, you also become a mom. Your brain literally undergoes a change to help you prioritize this little human, or in the case of multiples, these humans that you just birthed. My toddler just woke up. Can you hear her singing? (laughs) This is life. We'll just keep recording. Anyway, what was I saying? Okay, so it's almost like a part of you died to be reborn as two. Now, we're not taught to plan for that. And the change is often so sudden that we don't even have enough time to adjust, which is why so many of us miss the past so much. Our brains shift from thinking about one person to Oh, there's this new person or multiple people to keep safe. And this can often cause panic and and anxiety. Many times we don't recognize that it requires an identity shift, especially for women who were working before they had children, right? Now you're going from identity of a person, just a woman, and then a working woman, and now to a mom. That's three identities already. And that doesn't even count all the other (laughs) rules that you play in life, right? So what does this look like in, in practice? Basic needs get shoved aside. We stop taking care of ourselves. We don't really sleep. And yes, I know there are children who are just needy when it comes to sleep. We don't shower. We forget our healthcare appointments. We don't eat. Like it's almost like we just literally stay waiting for this child to direct how we live our days. And I recognize that this can be hard, especially those beginning days, but it's okay to say, you know what? I don't want this to be every day and make a decision around that. Because once you make a decision, then your brain is going to get to work to help you achieve whatever it is you want to achieve for your own motherhood experience. So now I've set the stage. Let's talk about how we can address this. The first thing I want to say is decide who you want to become. If you're a new mom or planning to be one, Congratulations, you get to start from the beginning. I recommend that you take some time to think about who you want to be as a mom. Don't focus on surface level stuff like I want to dress well, have a baby who doesn't cry. Think about how you want to feel and act for the most parts of your day. And before you tag on labels like I want to be a good mom, I want to be a fun mom, that's also not what I'm talking about. Those are just labels that we put on ourselves and box ourselves into societally prescribed roles. 
and things that we need to do to check off a list that makes us more accepted. If that's your jam, go ahead and do that. But I'm not going to teach you how to do that on this podcast. Society has taught so many of us to do mum. But I'm asking you to be mum. Who do you want to be? How do you want to think? How do you want to feel? How do you want to act? And yes, you may say, well, I won't know all these things until I have a child or the child may change. Yes, that's okay. But at the end of the day, if you haven't decided who you want to be at your core, then you're always going to keep switching who you are all the time. And this is stressful. This is overwhelming. This is annoying and frustrating. And you don't want that. So I'll share an example for me. When it comes to being a mom, I prioritize myself. And my thoughts are, I matter. That's it. This doesn't mean I don't care about my kids or my husband's needs. In fact, I do. But those are secondary to me ensuring that I have slept well, I eat well, I take care of my own emotional, spiritual, mental, and physical needs. Sometimes that looks like I wake up earlier than them most days to make sure that I have prayed, I've done some stretching, yoga, and meditation to get my mind and body right. Sometimes that looks like five minutes, other times it's longer, and sometimes I don't do it because sleeping in is real. And when I'm sick, like now, I'm just like trying to get through the day because I'm so stuffed up. I don't do it, or I might not do it the way I want to, but I never beat myself up about it. I still love myself deeply, which is something that I keep learning. The more I learn to love and accept myself, the deeper I love myself. And that means that I keep reminding myself that I am a priority. And I want to say here that loving yourself is probably not going to be easy. For a lot of us women, we haven't been taught that. We've been taught to outsource loving ourselves to other people. And this is something that I've had to learn this year as I've worked through some childhood trauma because love for the longest time had always been conditional. So now I'm learning what it feels like to have unconditional love for myself and my children especially. So decide who you want to be. Next, you want to accept and let go of past versions of yourself. This is a tough one because I know some of you are out here missing your BC days before child days. You miss your old self, you miss your old body, and how you had the freedom to do all the things. I get it, but you have to let it go. The moment you had a child, whether it's biological or not, you became a different person. It's almost like a caterpillar, those last few days is going to eat all it can, and then it becomes chrysalis, and next thing, it becomes a butterfly. The butterfly is not crying for the days when it was a caterpillar because it knows that's not going to happen. Now I get to be beautiful and fly around and do what I do. And that's just it. So take the time to accept who you used to be. Take lessons from her that you think you might need now. Thank her for getting you to motherhood and let her go. I was thinking about snakes the other day, which I dread. But it's so funny because I always admire how they shed their skin. And it says that snakes shed their skin 4 to 12 times a year because their body's just growing. 
on a human level, we shed our skin, right? That's why we loofah, do the dry brushing and all of that to bring out new rejuvenated skin. One thing I find fascinating about the snake is that if it doesn't shed its skin properly, this can often lead to blindness, maybe some disease, and it can restrict, the old skin can restrict blood flow to the body and could lead to death. So when you think about yourself, what are you holding on to from your past? Is it your flat belly? Is it your weight? Is it how you were able to just wake up and go out and stay up till midnight and now you can't do that? Most of the times, the thoughts that we have about the past, they're just reminding us of the feelings we had from those experiences. That's all. So what if you could decide to feel that way again and then create opportunities in your life, in your current season to help you feel that way? What would that look like for you? Think about it. Spend some time and let your mind get to work. So accept and let go of past versions of yourself. Number three, stop the comparison game. I'm not even going to lie. This is probably one of the hardest things for mom, especially when you have a, a child or multiples or you have a friend or a family who has kids around the same age as yours. People compare all the time. Well, look at that one child started walking at six months. That one walked at eight. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this. But if you choose to compare, choose to live with the consequence of comparison. So how do we not compare? <laughs> I'll tell you something. You have to be an avid learner of your child. That's it. You want to study that child. What do they like? What do they not like? What are the things that make them happy? What are the things that make them not happy? How do they like to be talked to? There is no parenting book or class or course that can teach you to parent your child like you would if you spent some time to learn from your child. And I know this because when I had kids, there were some students who were taking some psychology courses and they would often, when they're babysitting my kids, they would often try to figure out where my children fit in these psychological terms that they were learning. And they'd be like, well, I don't know, your children are just weird. I'm like, no, they're not weird. They just were not included in all those studies. That's it. So the textbook cannot tell me how my child is going to act. Yes, that can be a general theme, but my child is a unique individual, just like all of us are. And we have to learn from our children. Before books, how did our ancestors rear children? They studied they learned, they connected, they made mistakes. And yes, I know we're busy. We probably don't have as much time as they did. But just a little adds up over time. I'm also recognizing that I speak with privilege as someone who took a year off to take care of my kids. I recognize that. But I also want to remind us that when we set the intention, then the action will follow. If you don't set the intention that you're going to stop comparing, you're going to be an avid learner of your child, the action is never going to happen. Next up, practice self-care. I will shout this from the rooftop <laughs> any opportunity I get because self-care matters when it comes to moms. You want to do things that bring you joy and make you feel good. This ties back to number one of deciding who you want to be. Are you a mom who invests in her self-care? 
I'm not talking about nails and facials here. Those are great. But what's a facial and fancy nails when your mind is constantly feeling tired and stressed and unrest? I talk about self-care in episode 29, redefining self-care, and I'm going to link that in the show notes. Until you decide that you matter, no one else is going to treat you like you matter. This includes your partner. It includes your spouse, your children, your friends. You can yell all day. I want to be taken care of. I want people to do this and do that. But if you haven't decided that in your brain, you're not going to take actions that will prioritize and show other people that you matter. And I'm going to share an example here because I think a lot of you can relate. This is about the moms who eat their children's leftovers. I'm not shaming anybody here. But I observed this thing when I was a young mom, even before I became a mom. I noticed moms would say, well, I don't eat. I never have time to eat. But then they feed their kids and they're standing right there and they don't fix a plate for themselves. But then the kids are like, oh, I don't want to eat this anymore. And then they take the child's leftover. That used to tick me off a lot. I'm like, the time you're spending standing over your child to eat, you could have grabbed your own plate and eaten, but you did not. And then you took their leftover. What does that tell your child about how you prioritize yourself? What is that communicating to your child? So like I said, this is not to shame any mom, but this is a prime example of how we don't practice self-care. Because when self-care is being talked about, we think it's about being all zen and lying down with like thing over your eye and cucumber slices. That's fun. But what are the things that you're doing day to day to show your children, to show your family, to show your friends that your self-care matters? You are worth sitting down and having your own food. Even when there's food insecurity, if all you can eat is a piece of fruit, you can sit down with a plate and eat that. And if your child wants to throw food out and you think that's not helpful, you can eat it. But don't walk around hungry and stressed out and complaining that you don't eat while you're busy taking leftovers from your children every time they eat. Let that simmer for a bit. Take what works, leave what doesn't. And my last point is seek support. This is a big, big part of your identity as a mom. Everyone needs help. And I think we live in a culture where if people say they need help, then you're not seen as important. People make fun of you and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with needing help. I'm teaching my children this. I'm learning this as well. And it's also one of the areas that I coach my clients a lot on because they feel guilty about spending money on coaching. I remember a client that had hired me and I reminded her, I said, the reason you're here is because you recognize that you want support and that's all that matters. Coaching results sometimes are not tangible, right? We can't see it. The immediate rewards are not evident. And so our brains will tell us, oh, it's a waste of time, especially if we're parents who are thinking of spending that money on maybe kids stuff or a new car or a new house. Yes, those things are tangible and you're going to spend the money on them and you'll get the rewards right away. But at the end of the day, guess what? You'll still be a mom with an angry, sad, overwhelmed mind. You will just happen to have kids in sport and have nicer things. In my opinion, I think your kids would appreciate a mom who has a managed mind. They would rather you yell less. They would rather that you're not scared of food or your body. They would rather you love genuinely. They would rather you're not hard on yourself. 
and they want you to feel like a safe place for them to go to. That is who they want. And as long as we keep telling our children to be looking out for tangible things that we're providing, they will think that's what they want. So this is also part of our work to change how they think about you as a mom. Your love for them includes having a managed mind, being peaceful, being calm, because that's how you create safety for them to be children and to grow and thrive in your home. I'm going to say here, your motherhood identity matters. You're definitely going to reinvent yourself over and over again as your child grows because that's just the way life is. So the best way you can thrive is to decide how you want your motherhood experience to be, lean into those seasons, and use the five things that we talked about today, rinse and repeat with every season. And that's it, my friends. If you love this episode, would you please share it with one mom and come over on Instagram. I'm at Olive and Bliss Wellness and share your aha moments with me. You can also send me an email at hello at oliveandbliss.ca. And if you want to redefine your motherhood experience, I'll be glad to support you. Check out all the details on how you can get one-on-one coaching with me at oliveandbliss.ca. So have a beautiful week, my friends. And until next time, keep thriving. Thanks for hanging out with me. If you enjoyed this episode, I want you to take that work deeper and implement one thing that you learned this week. And if you'd like to take this work further, come work with me inside my coaching program. You can go to oliveandbliss.ca to learn all about me and how I can support you.